I know we all have been going through this pandemic and many things are rapidly changing personally and professionally. And if you look at it from the business perspective, one thing is changing very rapidly. Can you guess what it is? Yes, you guessed it right. It is the customer behavior. And you all might have experienced in your industries how fast the customer is adapting to the new normal and demanding for innovation. Do you want to know more on these consumer insights? I'm sure you love to explore more. This is your host, Swami Sri Parambudur, and you're listening to Leadership in Crisis podcast. And we have invited a special guest from UK, United Kingdom, Justin York from Nelson. She is the head of global operations for Consumer Insights. As you all know, Nelson Holdings is a $6 billion in revenue with 40,000 employees in more than 100 markets. Nelson is a leading provider of measurement and analytics data, services, and solutions for fast-moving consumer goods and retail companies, media, sports, and entertainment providers. And of course, Justin spent more than 21 years in different industry markets with focus on consumer insights. Her most recent role was leading operations globally for the Consumer Insights division with a team of almost 1,300 plus across 50 plus countries. The Consumer Insights team is responsible for managing primary market research across the globe from questionnaire design, carrying out field work, online face-to-face or over the phone. I think you might have guessed it today, it's all about online and of course delivering insight. Justin has a wide breadth of leadership experience in both operational and client-facing roles, managing teams across the globe. She has a degree in politics, philosophy, and economics from Kibble College and Oxford University. Justin, welcome to the show. Thanks very much, Swami. Great to be here. Yeah, you are our first uh, guest from UK. So we are so all excited to know more from the UK and the UK way of culture, the speaking and the consumer insights. So just to begin with, uh, give a sense of uh, to all my listeners, what is the consumer insights means from your perspective and how is this changing in last six months because of the COVID-19? So consumer insights really means understanding what consumers want and meeting their meeting their needs. And I think that what we've seen is a rapidly changing environment uh, this year. Change is constant, but this year 2020 has been an extremely unusual year. And I think that uh, for any company, um, they need to think about how they reach and understand their consumers in the best way. So um, consumers of any product really want to understand um, does it fit with their values and values have changed such a lot this year so in terms of does this product does this brand care about me are they pitching the right product proposition uh, to me in the right way are they are they really thinking about the fact that my life is more difficult, is more challenging. And I need to think about the way that I communicate uh, that caring message in a better way. Um, also, it's about understanding what products, what innovation is important to, um, 
to somebody in uh, in the environment that we're in now. If you think about the success of different brands and different companies pivoting to selling antibacterial um, uh, wipes or, or gel um, that were alcohol providers beforehand, you know, that is a great way, a great example of understanding consumer needs and consumer behaviour and, and pivoting quite rapidly. And then also thinking about the route to market. So thinking about Okay, many people are at home or not able to go out into physical stores or how, you know, have you got that supply chain right? Have you got the, um, the way of um, purchasing online? Have you got that or the uh, way of um, ordering online and collecting or delivering to home? Right. So all of those things are examples of changing in consumer behavior that you only understand through consumer insight. That, that's great. Uh, I think, um, as you rightly said, uh, the consumer insight is changing rapidly. So whatever the plan they had it before the pandemic, now the entire time is almost like shrinking. So they were asking for, hey, you know, can I have it like yesterday? I want it now. Can you change it? Uh, because I'm working with some of the companies where the customers are trying to do digital transformation and then they have a roadmap of three years before. Now they are saying, hey, can I do it in three months or one month or can you do it uh, you know, as short as possible? So from that perspective, what is the real innovation you have experienced uh, in your uh, capacity with uh, dealing with multiple customers? So how are you really using the technology? Can you give a little bit more on the innovation and the technology from your perspective? And so I think that um, what I've, I've seen and what I experienced was having to adapt really, really quickly during a, a time of um, change. Uh, in in the situation where I was um, working to collect and gain insight into consumers, one of the things that was really crucial was having to adapt really quickly to say, how do I reach those consumers in a different way? You know, it's okay in the US or the UK, to um, you would always collect that consumer insight online. That would be normal. But when you're working in Indonesia or Bangladesh or Vietnam, that may not be as easy to do. So it's really important that um, that you adapt and that you're able to adapt to those changing environments and say, you know, really look at how do you reach consumers in a different way. And that's something that you know I experienced is, you know, having to use technology um, in a different way. So having to. Uh, not just in the corporate world, but really having to reach kind of regular consumers through digital methods. So uh, just an extension to that, so are you doing now uh, more video interviews and online surveys compared to the physical surveys or physical media? Absolutely. So I think that, you know, the, the way forward is, is through digital um, means, whether that is through video as as you and I are doing today and people are listening to uh, to us um, or through um, through smartphones or through tablets um, uh, it really and um, through applications that people are using in their everyday life so um, digital is here to stay and it's the, it's the way forward um, and I think that even 
hopefully post-pandemic, um, that won't change. That will be something that has created a step change in the industry. That, that's true. I think once people are adapted to this kind of a comfort zone where you are basically wherever you are home or office is located instead of traveling all the time, so you are able to meet the demands of the customer or the you are able to fulfill your needs, I think this is going to be more rigorously needed. But of course, you will be missing that um, the water cooler fountain discussions or the warmth of the feeling of the physical meetings, you know, the, the relationship building definitely is going to be missing. Uh, but from the innovation perspective, how are you doing in terms of the persona? So do you have any concept of the persona because your consumer is different, even though he's in the same industry, uh, from the younger youth or adults or senior citizens, how are these different uh, metrics are coming in from your consumer insights? And then how is the adoption of this uh, innovation is taking place for the different personas? So I think that, um, yeah, that there are clearly different personas and I think this idea of, for any company, understanding the personas that you're trying to reach is really important. Um, and, and you see a, adoption of different um, digital technologies different across those, those different personas and, it, and it's different across different countries as well. So I think, you know, if you look at what we've seen in, in the for example in the young population in the UK um, one of the things that they've had to do is adapt to online digital learning that they've not you know schooling is not face-to-face -face yep. anymore um, for um, those who are parents that's a challenge and and the, the hugely valuable uh, nature of teaching is um, is much more recognized but the the young um, the youth are really having to adapt to that change in behavior to think, okay, I'm not face to face with my teacher. I'm able to do some level of online learning and having to do some of that without any guidance. And that's a real shift in, in behaviors that we see there. What we see in some of the older generation who have not been used to doing any online shopping yep. having to do that suddenly because um shops are closed yeah. and realizing that actually that's pretty easy it's quite straightforward and much more convenient so again that adaptation there and for those who are in the you know um probably in the middle it's it's a blend of all of those different things so mm. you see all of those different uh, personas uh, being affected differently by digital changes driven by um, the pandemic, essentially. That, that's true. I think uh, you have uh, um, given a very good point on the mindset, right? So because the personas, like especially like, you know, today my mom, she never is comfortable in doing anything online. She doesn't even know online, so she always want to go window shopping or really want to go to the store and meet with the people, have some chit chat and then have some good discussion. But now with the pandemic, they're forced to. So they change the mindset. They were not ready, but when they learned about it, then they thought, oh, why are you making so big fuss? It was so easy. It is a straightforward. Now she uses like in a couple of apps, like a big basket or something in India. So she just press and uh, she orders the produce or uh, the groceries. Everything is coming online. So the entire consumer behavior is changed. 
I am sure after the new normal, she may want to go and visit, but may not be visiting as often she wants to do. So previously, if she is going every day, maybe she want to go once or twice to the retail store after the post-pandemic, hopefully, and then uh, everything else is online. So that is a, a great change mindset. But this also uh, leads uh, to my another question: is how are you envisioning or how are you experiencing? the diversity and inclusion piece because of you are working in multiple countries right so not just uk as you are talking to the asia japan i mean europe us so when you are working with the different countries so what is the cultural aspect of it is impacting from the consumer do you need to launch some products based on the local culture i mean how are you seeing based on your experience I think that um, it's it's a great question that you've got to understand culture and understand the environment that anyone lives and works and uh, is in. And so um, anything that is launched has got to be driven by what's appropriate for that culture, that that persona that, um, you know, and that moment as well. So one of the things that when I've spent time with, uh, with teams is really understanding, particularly this year, you know, the impact whilst this is a global pandemic, yeah. it affects everybody differently. So mm. understanding the environment and understanding um, uh, what that means, the circumstances that they're operating in. If you're launching something in, uh, in Japan, it's going to be very different from launching in um, uh, launching in Kenya, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in, in you, you've got to think about the technological framework and the the distribution methods and the environment that you're uh, that you're living in to be able to understand what are the you know what are the appropriate solutions what are the appropriate products to launch um you know in a in an environment where everything is done through word of mouth or through through communities it's very different from where everybody reads and for example in china where everybody uses wechat everything is done through through wechat and so you know you you've got to think about what's the environment what's the what's the not just about the individual country but the personas that you're trying to reach in that and, and the specific environment that they're that they're living in so, so in a nutshell, in a summary, so what are you saying? It depends on the product where you want to launch. It depends on the persona of the people who you are a target audience mm-hmm. and their age different and all the diversity portions of it. And then the location, geographic location. And of course, the culture is part of those locations, how they are behaving, because some people may be easy to approach online and some people may not be easy to approach online. Yeah. Like, you know, one of the interesting aspect, uh, one of the interview which I was talking to other people in the diversity was saying, I'm okay to call in some countries 10 times even if I don't have an answer. But in some countries, if I keep on calling 10 times without getting an answer, I may be even calling the cops saying, you know, that somebody is really pestering me. So it's, it's all about the culture. So I think it is a very, very important aspect when you're talking about consumer insights and the behavior. Absolutely. And I think that when, you know, when spending time with 
uh, people that you work with or people, you know, out, outside of work. You've got to understand that environment. You know, if you're working, um, I spent time with some of my team who what's important is that you spend um, more of the time talking about the non-work stuff than work. Uh, and building that really, really strong relationship. And with others, like, right, I need to talk about these three things and I want to get this done and I need to move on. So you've got to understand uh, how you, you know, how you engage with everybody as individuals um, and what's right for them. So there are some cultural elements, but it's, it's all about allowing people to be the individual that they want to be as well. That, that's good. So this leads to the perception. So how do you really track uh, the consumer perceptions and sentiments over time you know how if you look at it like you know you've been there like 21 years in this industry with nelson so how over a period of time you have seen any kind of a analogy you can give how was it in the last 20 years and how it is changing basically how do you really track the changes of the consumer perceptions I think there are many ways that you track changes in in consumer behaviour, uh, from perception to um, action as well. So understanding consumer perception, first of all, you're asking them questions about what's your view about different um, uh, different situations, and by doing that on a regular basis, you can understand whether those perceptions change, whether it is about their confidence in the economy or um, what's important to them about where they shop is it price is it value is it availability is it uh, convenience asking those questions over time helps you understand that change in consumer behavior but it's not just about what people say you've got to understand what they um, uh, potentially uh, what they do as well because what they say and what they do can be different things um, and so you've got to try and understand through um, either observing behavior rather than claimed behavior but also about looking at um, the um, the response to that as well so looking at actual the uh, actual sales data or actual consumer purchasing behavior to, un to understand the full view of what people think they do and what do they actually do um, and how does that evolve over time. So I think what's important is evaluating continuously um, and also uh, not just taking one one lens and not just looking at claim behavior but looking at uh, many different touch points to understand how the environment is changing and how people's behavior is changing that's, that's a great point so a couple of things i want to just to again emphasize and ask you a couple of questions so in uh, before pandemic when you're talking about the consumers as you rightly said on a couple of points it not depends on what consumer says, but sometimes it is not what they don't say, right? There is always a behavior. You know, they say something, but they do something. Now with this um, uh, Zoom calls, how are you really understanding the consumer, the non-verbal uh, behaviors, right? You know, sometimes I'm able to say something, but I mean something. So how are you able to get those insights? How is this uh, helping you, this uh, virtual, uh, uh, interviews with the customers. Yeah, and I think I can talk about this more from understanding 
the teams that I've worked with uh, rather than kind of directly from end customers. But I think that the value of video is huge because you see the environment that someone is in, you see the um, their body language, you see how engaged they are. You can you can not uh, as well as the tone of voice and and what they um, you know and and what words they use but it's really about understanding that full environment so you know for example when working with with a team I would um, understand and see a bit of their family background you and I are talking on video and you can see my background with a picture of um, uh, with some images of London behind me and so you, you you get a sense of how you know a little bit about where I am and, and the situation that I'm in. You can see that in uh, in video in, in anyone. And what you will see is you can tell the body language of whether someone is happy or sad or stressed. And that's something that I found really, really valuable to observe in, in, a, in an individual. I spent a lot of time working one-on-one um, -on -one with different people in my team and I've worked remotely because mm -hmm. I've worked in a global role for a very long time so it's really hard when you're not physically face-to-face -face with people so I've found that um, video has helped me so much because when someone's on a conference call they can be typing their emails at the same time they can be slightly distracted or watching the TV or doing something else and you don't know that they're concentrating. You can ask questions to probe, but when they're on video, there's, there's a lot less of an escape. You can see whether someone is engaged. You can see whether someone likes what they um, what they hear or don't like. Um, some people are better at hiding it than others, but you can observe a lot more of that um, feeling and that sentiment that you can than you can through just a basic survey or a basic question where all you get is the words or even a score with no tone no sentiment that's cool so i will just park one item i have a question on the employees but um, let me ask you one of the technology question so right now there is a lot going on on the AI, the artificial intelligence and uh, the uh, robotic process automation and machine learning. So in your uh, area, do you use any of these uh, upcoming uh, technologies which everybody want to use and how are you using? Are you using anything like Engage AI? So can you give on these specific technologies we are using in which area you're using and how do you really see the benefit of it? So absolutely, there are things that I can share and things that I can't share as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> um, so I would say that, um, you know, all of these elements, they're not just buzzwords. It's really important uh, for any company to look at how they are using technology and automation to deliver efficiency, to deliver more value to their clients, and also um, to get faster. So, um, and that's, you know, using anything from basic robotic process automation, which is really about um, automating simple tasks to machine learning and artificial intelligence. So really programming machines to absorb and ingest a huge amount of data um, and process that and gain insight out of it. 
My view is that it has to be machine and human intelligence together. Um, uh, uh, not only to, to program um, the, the machine and the artificial intelligence, but also to take that level of interpretation as well. So, um, you know, at Nielsen, a lot of this is, um, you know, is important as a technology, um, you know, a technology driven uh, company is all part of um, the DNA of the business to really look at um, using all of these different aspects to help drive better insight for their customers. So that's good. You you narrated very well because, as you rightly said, it is not Justine. It is Justine plus digital Justine. I would say because it is a combination of the human and a digital of me or I, which can work so that the repetitive tasks can be taken care by the bot or the AI, the process automation then you have all your eight hours to focus on your intellectual property to more innovative ways because human brain is so different and unique. Each one is unique. So you need to engage that. So that, that's good. So thank you for sharing. I just want to make sure whether that has been in the consumer insights and looks like it is, yeah, like uh, just like in any other industry. So now coming back to the uh, employee engagement, right? So you have been in the leader, you have been managing more than 1,300 people and then different countries. So how are you really engaging with these people? What is that uh, before pandemic and how, this pandemic, how are you managing and motivating people to work? Because what I'm hearing is people are um, really happy that they are being with the family, but they're also feeling some level of stress because now they are completely glued to the system and then maybe working more hours than the regular. What is your experience and what are some of the tips you are using to motivate your team? Absolutely. I think that um, I've always thought that I was an empathetic leader um, and that's been tested, <laughs> I would say, this year. Um, uh, you know, if I think about the beginning of the year and, and how how the year has evolved things have changed so at the start of the pandemic you i had many people who were not used to who suddenly had to find a way of working at home mm -hmm. i'm very fortunate i have my own office i have you know i have that i have everything set up here that's not the case for many many people so trying to find a quiet corner or the ability to get and to have Wi-Fi and networks and everything set up at home was hard and stressful. And for many people who have family responsibilities, then that that was extremely challenging. So I think that what I felt at the start was just helping understand or, you know, with every person that I talked to, it was questions of, how are you? How's, how's life where you are? What's the situation that you're living in? And then the important question, how can I help you? What is it that I can do to help you to make life a little bit easier? Because everybody that I've talked to, every individual has gone through periods of stress. Um, uh, yeah, for many people it's like, great, I don't have to commute. I don't have to um, spend my time on a plane. I don't have to, um, you know, I can manage my work in my time. I can be more efficient. I don't get many, as many disruptions. Great. But I miss the, you know, the connection and the, and the ability to be present with individuals as well. 
Um, and also I'm having to juggle many different priorities. So I think that I found that it was really, really important to spend time understanding and listening and learning about how somebody was, how they are coping, what was important to them, how could I help them? And then also, the second thing I'd say is about being flexible. Mm-hmm. So yeah, when you work from home, you can be more efficient, but you can be a lot less efficient. And if you're having to juggle childcare or um, elderly family or other different circumstances, your working hours may be, may need to be adapted. You may, you know, my view was always, as long as you get the work done, do it when it works for you. So, you know, if you need to adjust your time scales, if you need to do things differently, that's fine. And also, we're in this together and let's prioritize what's really important right now. Um, and it's okay if certain things can't be done because we're in a situation where um, we can't achieve everything that we originally planned. A plan that was set in January gets thrown out the window and you have to look at constantly reprioritizing and say what's important today, what's important for the next week. Let's not look too far beyond that and let's see, okay, what do we actually have to achieve in the next few days? Wow, I think uh, you summarized a lot of points and it is very, very valid. I think uh, that empathetic uh, leadership is very, very important. And I I really uh, uh, like the way how you said, you know, each one is uh, coping through the situation and each one is really different. And um, I also said a very nice point that, you know, accept the reality and make sure that you can only do some things because of many things what are forcing you to do either the child care or elderly care or whatever may be your situation. So we need to refocus and making sure that, okay, this is what I can accomplish and acknowledge and have that open communication. So I think that leadership quality is very important to be more empathetic and talking. So in this process, do you see any portion of your team, either employees or professional, personal network being neglected? that you're not able to communicate so often as you would be because of the pandemic. Um, yeah, I think it's 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 not as easy. I spent a lot of time on the road, uh, on a plane often, uh-huh. so visiting people across the uh, teams across the world. And that's not always feasible. Well, it's not feasible. So I, I would say that I was conscious of really trying to connect with people and connect with teams when you're not able to do that so i would normally have done much smaller connections with individuals so you have to i have to think about how to how to reach some of those people in a in a different way and you can't reach everybody and what you know what i used to find is that i was spending time in different places and many of those will not speak that speak english uh, and particularly in, in many markets. And so I wouldn't be reaching all of those individuals uh, in as close a connection as I would have been before the pandemic. So working with leaders and working to make sure that they really understood 
their messages and, and how to translate that to their team to their teams was really important. I think I want to, just wanted to touch on something that you know before we talked about this point. Uh, you said you know one of the things that um, that were important in terms of leading the teams. I think it's also about being kind to everybody, um, and I think it's it may sound like a small thing, but it's hugely important. And I hope that we come out of this with a with a kinder workforce and a kinder working environment because you can lose sight of the fact that everybody has stuff outside of work that they that they need to deal with. I love the fact that I've met many people's families and pets and everything as part of uh, as as part of course. That's really nice and you really feel like you get a bit more of a an insight into a person and I think that many people will have seen the same of me and you know you have to share your vulnerabilities but you've got to be kind to everybody and and think about how can I make somebody's day a little bit better um, uh, rather than uh, adding to the stress of the environment they're in at this point in time. No, I think it was fantastic piece of advice what you gave because the kindness is what people are really looking especially in this time because we don't know that there are so much happening in each person's life they may not be able to share that depending upon how much you have the professional relationship there may be having because of the covid like you know for example in india i have seen there are many people are dying even in the us and all over the country so you are directly or indirectly impacting impacted by this covid some of the people in the distant relatives friends somebody may be losing their dad and then that has impact on you how you are behaving either that day or the course of action and then this kindness definitely will help them to a little bit open up and then have kind of a moral support saying hey you know this is what it is because sometimes people just are looking forward for that that empathy and the kindness to just to acknowledge yes i exist and uh, this is my situation and uh, you may you may not really physically help but at least sharing that thought and giving that uh, comfort that and as a leader i really appreciate you are taking that and then thank you it's okay you can do this you work tomorrow because you are going through this pandemic or you want to take a day off sometimes you know those things are really important and then the kindness what you said is really nice so as a closing remarks i want to ask you do you do any kind of a like in us we do happy hour so that monthly once i directly talk to my leadership who are all reporting to me across the globe but then we spend more time informally like in a having a party time or having a music because we want to really create such a environment where people really uh, feel it is not stressed you know so that they can open up and then have a transparency just kind of what we call as a happy hour so do you do any of those things uh, in europe or uk yeah so different things at different times um one of the things that i've done is done some um virtual celebrations so whether that has been and and having worked in a, in a global role um you know having to get creative on yeah. celebrating different things so i did something uh, we did a virtual baby shower oh, and, yeah. and did last year and this is pre-pandemic a virtual secret santa so asking the team to you know You, you don't have to you have to um, choose a present for someone that you're 
you, that you you pick, and you don't have to spend any money. What what would you give them that would be appropriate to them if you had all the money in the world? And and guessing who um, who chose things for different people as well. So you know, I've done many things like that. So you know, the concept of having happy hours or uh, coffee breaks and stuff like that is important. And you know, many of the teams have done that with their with their smaller teams in a global environment. I couldn't find a time when working with the team that was good for happy hour because it's seven o'clock in the morning for somebody and nine o'clock in the evening for somebody else. So um, uh, I made sure that we had regular uh, regular team connects and we spent some time talking about you know fun stuff and how people were and stuff like that. But um, really making the most of different um, uh, different moments of celebration and making that fun and and having ways of just you know, lightening the mood a bit. It, um, it's important and, and it gets everyone's creative juices flowing as well. Absolutely. No, I think uh, the creativity and the innovation will come in when they're uh, in the serene environment. And then as a leader, we need to provide a certain space to everybody just to open up. And then it's okay to be chill. And this is just a, a chill moment. You don't need to really work, 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 work. But this is a kind of a offbeat moment, you know, just have, enjoy, cherish the moment and open up with the different people. And I really like that secret Santa. So I think that Christmas is coming. So maybe I have to use that uh, in my organization to use some secret Santa and I love you know it's all virtual so think about all virtual money maybe you are a millionaire you are a billionaire think about whatever you can think of there's nothing wrong in thinking <laughs> exactly that's very good so thank you again thanks for um, being on this show and giving uh, all our uh, listeners across the globe some wonderful consumer insights and how these things are there and to all my listeners we want to just make a disclaimer you know this is uh, Swami Sri Prambudur and Justin York for talking it's all our, our personal views and personal experiences which we are sharing we're not trying to quote any company or anything here so it's all about personal views and also one more thing we are having a wonderful speakers lined up across the globe from different countries different continents on different topics it's all about leadership in crisis and the goal is to make sure we are having a a small wonderful way of giving leadership bites from various leaders across the globe to all of us so that we can all share and make this world very wonderful and also as a leader we want to embrace the vulnerability to make sure and uh, spread the kindness and the love across the globe so that we all will be always happy so thank you justin again for being on my show and giving all the great tips thank you swami it's been my pleasure